Welcome back to Scarlet and May's Sweet 16 edition yeah. for me. Uh, <laughs> we'll start off with Ohio State beating Loyola Chicago 54-41 and then losing to Villanova 71-61. What do you got? Um, well, the defense showed up for the first time all year, I think, against Loyola Chicago. The defense efficiency rate ranking went up 25 spots after that game. It was like 131 to 106 or something like that. So yeah. from from really bad to still bad. But um, <laughs> yeah, the I mean the, they played hard against Loyola Chicago. I mean Villanova hit some tough shots. I think that was the difference in that game. And just the, they had, the energy was there for a lot of the game, but it wasn't necessarily consistent. Mm. Um, I know Chris Holman mentioned like coming out of the first half and in the second half kind of flat was a factor. And, I mean, Chris Holman, it's his team, so he's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a tough loss. I, I felt like the refs weren't necessarily consistent, but I'm not going to blame it on that. Ohio State definitely could have played better. They could have hit more shots. Like I said, they could have played better defense. Villanova also was just a really tough team. I just think there was that talent gap. I think, I think a reason this year has been kind of disappointing is – they didn't really have that third score. I think they really missed Justice Suing all season. That when when Kyle Young, like I love Kyle Young, and he's a huge factor in why Ohio State was good this year, was as good as they were this year. But when he's your third scorer, I just don't think you're going to be a great team. I don't think you're going to be a Sweet 16 team. But right. yeah, it's uh, it's what I predicted to happen. So I'm not mad that Sister Jean and Drew Valentine couldn't and and Ohio State season. Well, yeah, I Ohio State was the most likely team to be upset. Yeah. Know? I, I'm just bummed out that we're not going to San Antonio for the Sweet 16. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan beat Colorado State 75-63 and then beat Tennessee 76-68. Uh, there are, honestly, there are a lot of shout-outs to go around for these two games, for real, starting with Frankie Collins getting his first career start in his first NCAA tournament game and promptly going 6-for-7 from the field for 14 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 turnover. He only had 1 turnover. Also, his 1 steal and breakaway dunk kind of kick-started Michigan's comeback against Colorado State. Uh, He didn't have those types of numbers against Tennessee, but he still played really well after uh, Devontae Jones went out again, especially defensively. And I don't know if Michigan beats Tennessee without him, honestly. Yeah. Um, but you know who I know Michigan doesn't beat Tennessee without? First of all, Zach, Terrence Williams. <laughs> he made a three while Caleb Houston was doing his, uh, you know, road Caleb Houston thing. Severely struggling again, put up another offer. But Terrence Williams makes a three, and then with 5.08 left, he has the tip to tie the game at 60. And then... Uh, at 4.05 left, he comes out of nowhere again for another tip to tie the game at 62. Um, and it just felt like he was trying to will the team forward, I thought. It was it was a Seton Hall game early in the year where Michigan was down to Terrence Williams at the line, and he missed yeah. the first free throw. I remember that. And he uh, made some clutch free throws at Ohio State, too. But mm-hmm. with 2.09 left, season on the line, he made both free throws to put Michigan up four against Tennessee. Uh, Terrence Williams, this is crazy. Terrence Williams, since the conference season started, is shooting 50% from three and 60% overall. Wow. Uh, So given those numbers especially, I really think Caleb Houston needs a shorter leash when he's not making shots. Uh, 
at least to give Terrence Williams a shot because of how well he's playing when given the opportunity. Well, especially when at this time of the season when the season's on the line yeah. every game. You, Caleb Houston's a five-star great. We hope he comes back. We hope he progresses. That's fine. But if we need to win right now and he's not getting it done, he has not shown the ability to get out of that mid-game. Yeah. So you... I mean, Terrence Williams, if Terrence Williams struggles, you got to go Kobe Bufkin or something. Yeah. You just can't keep having him out there when he cannot score a single point. Also, Eli Brooks seemed to have that will as well, the same will as Terrence Williams. So 23 points, that's his season high, five assists, three rebounds, and a block and a steal. Wow. He had four turnovers, and honestly, I was like getting frustrated with him, um, especially Michigan's up four with a minute 30 left, and he had a pretty bad – Turnover leading to a Tennessee basket to cut it to two. But then with 54 seconds left, he did his Xavier Simpson sky hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's actually, I've, I've seen a number of tweets and I've listened to some podcasts where they talk about he hasn't broken that out all year. No, he has. Like, om- I feel like almost every game, this is the first time he's made it. Yeah. He's tried it. And I'm like, what are you doing? When he went up in this game, I was like, no, they're going to come down and tie. And then it went in and it shut me up. Uh, he said after the game that he actually got too far down to the baseline and then at the, the very last split nanosecond decided he wouldn't try to go glass, which that makes me think it's even more awesome. He's like about to go up. He's like, oh, crap, and just adjusts it quick. Yeah. Uh, then he followed that up with two clutch free throws to put him up six. Then, obviously, Hunter Dickinson, who has the most points through two tournament games, since Jawan Antonio Howard himself. Wow. It would be easy to skip over him since he's consistently the best player for Michigan, but he's playing at an extremely high level. So this is crazy. Uh, due to shooting 16 for 23 so far in the tournament, 3 for 6 from 3, 5 assists, 5 blocks. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy about like most points since Jawan Howard, especially like considering like the players that Trey they Burt. had on those, those runs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that... That is wild. So, Sweet 16. Oh, wait, do you have anything to add about oh, Michigan? I, wanted, I should have um, wrote this stat down, but I saw – when was the last time that they won back-to-back games? February? Like early February, I think. That's crazy. I think it's hilarious that they said that they played the managers. Yeah. And Hunter Dickinson said they played the managers and lost on purpose to get the loss out of there. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they might be a little stitious. I, it sounds like they're super superstitious. <laughs> but whatever they did, I hope they do it again. Yeah. Uh, so the Sweet 16, Michigan plays Thursday at 7.30 against Villanova. If they win, they get the winner of Arizona-Houston. Um, what do you got? Um, I don't know. Villanova, obviously I think they're tough. I already said that. They beat the Buckeyes. Um I think I, I like Villanova here. I don't know if the, uh, Michigan can keep the run up, keep going, but maybe they'll maybe they'll play the managers again. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, so I thought Michigan had a shot against Colorado State and Tennessee because of Hunter Dickinson's size advantage. Yeah. So Villanova, like Colorado State, plays a lot of five out, but they don't play anyone bigger than six eight. So they have a six foot seven, two hundred and thirty pound center. Uh, Jermaine Samuels, he's taking 97 threes, but he's shooting 26.8%. Wow. They have a six foot eight, 255 pound center, Eric Dixon. He's shooting 51%, but 
but on way less volume. Uh, he had a couple against Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're too good of a shooting team to play zone to keep Dickinson out of perimeter mismatches. But the good news, Zach, for Michigan is that Jermaine Samuels, the one who can't shoot, plays about three-quarters of, the, of their available minutes. So if he's out there, he seems like a good guy to hide Hunter Dickinson on yeah. when at all possible. Then offensively, I mean, who do they have to guard Hunter Dickinson? So I mean, I think they would double down on him, which doubling down hasn't even slowed Hunter Dickinson, it seems like. He'll just turn and shoot because he's so big. But if they double down, they'll have a chance to hit open outside shots, which mm-hmm. has kind of been – the story for Michigan offensively, like they make everything or they make nothing. So we'll see if they can avenge 2018's national championship by ending Villanova's season or not. I yeah. know. Uh, if Michigan pulls it off, I'll, I'll, I'll just really be pulling for Houston because we've seen what happens when Michigan plays Arizona and it's not good for Michigan. <laughs> I think there is a terrible matchup, too big, too athletic, too long across the board, um, and I wouldn't have much hope. Um, at least not as much as if Michigan played Houston. But for my prediction, I've got to keep the faith. Jawan is undefeated in the Sweet 16 as a player and as a coach. So Michigan over Villanova to go to Jawan's second straight Elite Eight. And then if they play Houston, I'll take Michigan again because that Jordan Poole shot lives forever. And then if they play Arizona, I think I'll be shifting my focus back to football. To the reigning Big Ten Champions who made the playoff last year. Cool. That's cool. Uh, Scarlet and May's bracket update. Yeah. Uh, in third place right now is Asher Team Mays. Second place, A.H. Johnson 4-1. Catchy. And then our current leader is lot. sitting right here. By a lot, it's me. Yeah. So that's don't, cool. Don't that's ask cool. what place I'm in. <laughs> Look it up. What plays Zach is in, I, and then I, uh, say, I had the first eight picks right and was feeling good, but then I got the next six of the next eight wrong. Yeah, it's like. Ugh. Well, I mean, it looks like the free shirt is going to go to me. So maybe we should have some for sale or something yeah. that you can buy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it buy seems one. like that's how you're going to get it because I'm taking the free one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Ten thoughts? Do you have any, Zach? Um, obviously not a great showing. Would like would like to see more than two teams, especially when we have an 11 seed make it. Seems like we should have three, maybe even four, mm-hmm. when we have so many teams in. But obviously, disappointment. But I feel like that's the talk of the tournament is like that the Big Ten is underperforming again. But nobody's mentioning the SEC and how embarrassing their performance is. They 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 had two two seeds and neither of them made it to the Sweet 16. That's insane. A three seed that didn't make it. Uh, their one their one team in the Sweet 16 is a four seed that beat a 12 seed and a 13 seed by a combined nine points. I just don't think the SEC is very good at all. I'm not, I don't think I, I don't have Arkansas winning, making it to the Elite Eight. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. So I mean, I everyone pretty much has heard talk about how the Big Ten is overrated, how only two Big Ten teams made it to the Sweet 16. But listen, it's not Purdue's or Michigan's fault that the rest of the Big Ten crapped the bed. Yeah. Michigan has mainly underclassmen and a transfer, and Purdue is obviously more concerned with the tournament than the regular season. They knew teams like Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State have their sole focus be the regular season, or at least that's what postseason history suggests as, uh, as all of those combined. So in the last five tournaments, 
Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State have a combined two Sweet 16 appearances, while Michigan has five and Purdue has four. Wow. That's crazy. So maybe Mr. March Tom Izzo needs a rebrand. Illinois needs a refocus. Iowa is what it is. Fran McCaffrey has never once made it to the Sweet 16. And Wisconsin is garbage. But I choose to focus on the positive. It's Michigan and Purdue keep making the Sweet 16 regardless of seed. And yeah. all of the other ones keep not regardless of seed. I feel like the only time – maybe I'm remembering wrong, but the only time I can think of in my head when Purdue's made a real run past the Sweet 16 was when they had Carson, Carson Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. And I'm just was, saying to he, the Sweet was 16. Not, he was putting up 30 points a game in the tournament. Yeah, right? that, he was like their entire offense. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. And then didn't they lose in overtime too? I think so. Well, and he was like gassed, just yeah. exhausted, <laughs> yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's easy for me to say all this because my team is one of the few that actually competes nationally. Yeah. But I'll say it. Uh, that I just need to say that one more time. Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State. Four teams in the last five tournaments have two Sweet 16 appearances. That's gross. 20 appearances, two Sweet 16s. Yeah. That's disgusting. Uh, March Madness thoughts? I mean, I don't know if anything lives up to the name more than March Madness because it is always madness. I mean, it's just so fun to watch. I mean, it's so funny because I'll have no – investment in either team that's playing like obviously i probably picked one of them but yeah like even if it's the higher seed that's the better seed that's losing like the like when kentucky was losing i found myself rooting for them to not win it but to tie it so that the game would never end but it was just so fun when that game went to overtime and all the other games that went to overtime and there were what five overtime games there were a lot so this is madness. Yeah, it's so fun. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a more entertaining sports event than March Madness. The only thing I've been disappointed in so far this year, not the refs. <laughs> I mean, kind of the refs. No, the there haven't been many buzzer beaters. So Arizona oh, yeah. TCU almost had one, but that's that game was great. But it's frustrating that one was the refs that TCU didn't get an obvious call. That would have given them two free throws with seconds left mm-hmm. with two chances to basically probably win the game. Mm-hmm. But Murray State, San Francisco, did you watch that one? Yeah. That was just so incredible. And especially, like, you can have close games where there's no scoring. But to have overtime where they're just scoring, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, that game was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was great. Tweet of the week. So I'm not mad that Michigan State lost. I'm not mad that Ohio State lost in the Sweet 16 or before the Sweet 16 on the same day. And I'm not mad that Brad Davison and Wisconsin also died on the same day that Michigan State and Ohio State did. Yeah. It was a very good day for me. I was very happy coming off a Michigan win. Two of the, I mean, Michigan's two biggest rivals both lose, and then Brad Davison is vanquished forever. Mm-hmm. My tweet of the week is from Cy Hoff. A short story. Rest in peace, Brad Davison. I'm glad you're gone. Hope I never see you ever again, you turd. Yeah, I think the Big Ten's a better place without him. The Big Ten is so much better without it. <laughs> I feel like the sun has emerged, and we're finally going to be able to see some light mm-hmm. instead of Brad Davison's stupid little rat face. I heard you're a great guy, though, so whatever. Yeah. With that... 
Buy all sweet 16 of your snacks <laughs> at Quality Dairy. Uh, just be happy. Michigan's yeah. in the sweet 16, back from the dead. Michigan State is done, so you can go back to openly caring more about the Michigan game <laughs> since you don't have one. Until next week, go Buckeyes. Go Blue.